1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Winston Preparatory School is a leading school network for students with learning disabilities. Learn more about Winston Prep and register for an open house at www.winstonprep.edu.
0: And welcome, welcome. John Gomes is in the studio with us. He is a mayoral candidate for the city of Bridgeport. And I have all this wonderful paraphernalia here, all this voter stuff. Let me just tell you that the primary is September 12, 2023. John Gomes, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. So happy to have you with us. And I think you want to have your microphone a little bit higher and closer to your mouth so you're nice and loud. Hi.
3: Good morning. Good thank, morning. Thank Good you morning. very much for having me. Truly appreciate it. Yes. Being here with you and your audience.
0: Well, let me tell you, John, we're going to get to know you, but first of all, I see that right away you're going to the primary. So so this is about the primary. This is not about trying to get the convention from the people that are the politicos and insiders. You're going right to a primary.
3: Correct. That's on September 12th. The idea is to go out there, get the signatures, qualify as a candidate, and challenge the uh, status quo on December 12th, and hopefully the majority will show up. And you know that's an issue that we have in Bridgeport where- A lot of people have lost faith within the government system, the politician, because of the empty promises. And it makes it hard for someone that's genuine, that cares about the Bridgeport, that really has an agenda, to convince the people. And with time, I'm asking the residents of Bridgeport to give me an opportunity to earn their trust, to earn their vote. And that's what we've been doing since we filed the paper on December 1st.
0: Have you ever been elected to office before?
3: No, I have not. Have you run? Back in 2010, I attempted to run as well for mayor, um, and I uh, then uh, endorsed uh, Mary Jane Foster at that time. Oh, yes,
0: but she didn't make it. Correct. Yeah. She owned the Bridgeport Bluefish, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so John, so uh, may I call you John? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about who you are, where you came from. I understand you're from Cape Verde, so I did a little reading on that because I've never been there. It looks like a place I want to visit.
3: Please do. I
0: mean, it's a democratic, beautiful island country off the coast of Africa, Correct. right? Correct.
3: It's ten, 10 islands located west coast of Africa. It's actually one of the only countries since its independence in 1975 in relationship to Africa has maintained uh, stability. Stability. That's stability what I was reading both, about it. Both on the government side, economic, and it continues to grow and strengthen partnerships with worldwide as far as tourism and um and exchange and commerce. It's really
0: interesting. It was a Portuguese colony, and they say the majority of people there are of mixed race.
3: Yes, we are. We are a reflection of every uh, color under the rainbow. We go from light skin to blonde hair to green eyes to blue eyes. My grandmother was blue eyes. And then you have relatives who are uh, truly dark in in color complexion, and that's because it was a hub for slavery. They used to stop there before coming to America. So what happens is... In the village, you would have the masters and certain slaves that would be slaves of the house. And then you have the other ones that would escape to the mountains. And in order to survive, we develop our own language, which is Creole. And that's why some of our traditional food are very dry as corn and so forth, because we have to uh, escape. And the communication in Cape Verde, even to this day, if you go to some village, it's very remotely based on sounds and yelling. So they could communicate to each other. Have you
0: been back to Cape Verde in these years? You came here, what, at age nine?
3: Age nine. I go back regularly. I still have family there. You do? Um, Wow. um, Cousins, and I have one brother there, and I have a niece and nephew, and the lady who uh, raised me, because I wasn't raised with my mother and father, uh, goes back and forth, uh, and you know, my... And you love her. You want to see her. Oh, no, without a doubt. Yeah. Um,
0: That's beautiful. We're chatting with John Gomes, 203-333-9422. So how did you come to be here at age nine? What's your story?
3: Well, like many immigrant, what you do is you have that vision of American dream. You believe that if a dollar falls on the floor, you walk in and you pick it up, and it's here in America. If a car gets a scratch, it's taken to the dump because it's America. So Everything's know, disposable yes, and usable
0: one time only. It's,
3: it's the richness of America. is the land of opportunity. So you, you come here. I was fortunate to have a relationship with neighbors um, who are family, and they came here, and in turn, I followed them because I really didn't grow up with my biological mother and father. I came here at the age of nine as a visitor. As and a visitor? As a visitor. Well, who took you here? Well, I came with the, the daughter of the lady that raised me. So I came oh. here, and in, in, in because of the opportunity here, I stayed. Uh, you mean
0: I, in third grade, as a nine-year-old, you said, I want to be here, and people listened to you and let you stay?
3: No, the people that were here understood the sacrifices and the lack of opportunity in Cape Verde and saw the opportunity for me as an immigrant here in the United States and through the struggle, we stayed. I stayed illegal without any documentation. Oh. And I was fortunate under the Reagan administration uh, to pass the Reagan Act. And because I came here in 1981, I was able to qualify. And then I received my uh, the papers. Amnesty. The amnesty, the big
0: amnesty that he did. And I, I received
3: the papers then. And through there, um, I've been fortunate to uh, excel academically in the public school system in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Had some good guidance from uh one of my key people is uh, Mr. Shepard. I still remember my counselor who uh, guided me through college. And I was fortunate to, from college, went on to obtain my master's, work with Nestle, both domestic and international. Had the opportunity to go with my family here, my four daughters in Bridgeport. And I traveled and the U.S. And you stayed here.
0: So you traveled everywhere, and you still do, but you decided to make your life in Bridgeport.
3: Well, it's where the roots are at. I think we look for opportunities based when you're involved in corporate America, you relocate to different parts of the countries, including I was uh, promoted to the foreign trade division because my master's is in international business. And you with,
0: speak five languages.
3: Yes, ma'am. mumble in five languages. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> and, and, that's and, pretty beautiful, though. No,
3: that's a beautiful thing to understand different cultures and, and similarities and mm-hmm. to be able to, because language cut, cuts the barrier. You it bet. Ma- it makes it easier. It makes it more transparent to talk to the individual. So um, with that, I relocated back after moving to a couple different states, came back here and with the family. You had four young ones, the cousins, everyone's around here, and you want them to grow around your family.
0: How lucky are you to have four daughters?
3: Yes, I am.
0: Wow. I mean, yeah, you're I like say, the wow, daddy, myself. daddy, daddy. Well, how old are the kids?
3: Um, 30, 25, 23, and 18, and there, three of them have now graduated from... Um, you know, college and on to, pro- to their own profession. The last one's doing her uh, sophomore year entering at UConn. And I'm a, po- a proud grandfather of a, um, almost a year old girl. Oh, which I'm not spending my time another
0: with. Another girl. Yes,
3: and I want to apologize to my oldest daughter because I haven't really spent time with her because on this political uh, arena. Pretty it pretty much takes it everything out of er- me.
0: It really does. It does. Having run for office in the past, I I understand what it takes. And it's a certain kind of, selfishness to do it but you hope that in doing it you're doing it for a larger good if you get elected you're doing it to help people, that's God what willing, it is. I
3: definitely agree and that's one thing because we the people of Bridgeport are tired of the second chances. We're tired of giving opportunity to others. We're tired of people coming in, getting a paycheck and getting on the highway and leaving. And we need people like us that are part of Bridgeport, that have grown to Bridgeport, have the knowledge, experience and the leadership to take over and move Bridgeport in a different direction. All
0: right, so John Gomes, I would like to know because I know you're a close observer of the Gannam administration. I would like you to be as specific as you can, and tell me what decisions that Mayor Gannon made that you would have made differently.
3: Hands on. What does be, that mean? Be a leadership, be a leader as far as hands on and the everyday decision that goes on when there's a, 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 um, proposals on the table to hand to take them on and, and move them forward. Uh, we are currently facing crisis when we talk about a real budget. That's not a balanced budget. We put gimmicks. After gimmicks, one-shot deals from the sales of Harding to the sales of the airport and the budget that we know it's unbalanced, we keep putting budget forth with the lack the lack of knowledge of directors. We leave vacancies within the position to say we're creating savings. All we're doing is costing the quality of service to our residents. Our taxes are high. Uh, we need a more uh, transparent government. We shouldn't have all these three thousand FOIs on the table. And we keep continuing to call economic development just certain projects within the city of Bridgeport for select a few. When we talk about economic development, we need to talk about long-term vision that's really producing a return on investment for the city of Bridgeport. Uh, we're facing a, 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 a crisis within the police department shortage. Uh,
0: Do you think that Roderick Porter is an improvement over the prior? Rebecca Garcia, uh, Armando Perez, what do you think about Mr. Porter?
3: Well, what I'm going to tell you is that unless you have a mayor that's hands-on, that knows what it is to be a police officer, that knows the roll calls, that has attended the roll calls, that's part of when you call the 911 to understand how long they're taking to get to you or not get to you, when you have a mayor that understands that the police don't have enough cars while you have seven cars and four drivers and you're costing millions of dollars to the city of Bridgeport. It's not about... The mayor
0: has four drivers?
3: Has four drivers and seven cars. And it's not about the police... Mr.
0: Gomes, really?
3: Yes. And it's not about who is in charge as far as the police. It's about the partnership and the responsibility that you align with the police department to make it fair and equitable.
0: Well, you're not a former police officer so, I mean, neither is Mayor Gannon. What would you do
3: differently? Number one, I would strengthen the partnership with the police department. I would walk with the police officers to understand where their decisions are as far as why they're coming here, why they're leaving in, in, in robust numbers. We, we we need to talk with the unions to understand why um, we're having issues on salaries and benefits that they're blaming it uh, on those issues as far as leaving. We need to understand that on the different sectors that you have within the police department, the number of calls that are coming in daily and the ones that are being unresponsive to We need to understand the inventory when you talk about police and the fleets and what they need. Uh, And also, you need to attend the roll calls. You need to have a relationship with those officers that are on the patrol base to say what's wrong or what's right and how can we move forward.
0: What neighborhood of Bridgeport do you live in, John Combs?
3: I live off of Park Avenue, uh, but I also have a residence on Alpine Street that's up on the Bearsley side.
0: Okay. My uh, temple for many years was Congregation Road of Shalom.
3: Okay, okay. The hollow sections in my Did heart... Did you know that, Rabbi Stein? No, I didn't. No, I do not He was a
0: great man. I, yeah. He was right there at Parking Capital.
3: Parking Capital. Yeah, I right live there. a little bit down in the more of the rougher area. Oh, yeah? We're, we're okay. Because there's, the br- there's pretty
0: tree-lined streets there on the like, sort of like... It's like you go through what I call Church Row, right? And then you get to the temples on Park Avenue. And then past it is a bunch of pretty residential streets. and
3: The historians, yep. Is that what it is? The yeah. historic section yeah. here on the Lawn side. Right, and so pretty. Forth. Right, very, right. very pretty. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, all right, so John Gomes, so you're telling us a little bit about what you see vision. Let me ask you very specifically. I'll give you a word, steel point. Anything that you want to criticize about the Gannam administration, having their approach to this, or if you stepped in as mayor tomorrow, you would continue to move forward with that project as is?
3: Well, the first thing I would like to do is review what has been progress for Still Point? You're talking about taking over 54 acres and bunch of families and business, small business out since 2004, and to this day we have four story building and that's it. And every political season you come up with these things that we're going to do, including recently it was said that it was stated that there's going to be a development of 100 something units there. Well, how consistent is that going to be, and how forward are we going to move? It? We keep talking about bringing. Um, restaurants and other venues to that area. It's been since 2005. Where are we going? We need to be consistent in what we're doing, and we need to play, stop playing games as far as economic development. when we talk about Bridgeport and the impact it has on the residents there because that's why the people of Bridgeport have somewhat lost some sense of hope, and my campaign has parked that hope through a movement because we are in the phase of making a social, political, and economic a revolution, if you want to say that, in the state of Bridge, in the state, in the city of Bridgeport.
0: And you, and okay. So, what I really want to understand, John Gomes, is I really want to understand this. So, you're you would fill the positions that are vacant. That'd be one of the things you would do, right?
3: Well, the first thing is uh, my platform has five five points, and one of the key ones is an efficient government, a good government. Okay, a good government. You need to walk inside City Hall and understand that Bridgeport government works for you. We have to m- remove the duplication. We have to remove the waste as far as funding, and we have to make it work for you. We, As an example, you cannot have a contractor put in a permit and wait six, eight months to a year to obtain that. That impacts, it's a trickle down effect mm. on everything. Okay. You want to walk in and feel that the government is working for you. We need to make a government with people that are accountable, people that are responsible, people that are transparent, people that are vested. And the executive branch under my administration will have to live in Bridgeport, would have to be from Bridgeport, because you cannot um, decide on decisions of those in the city and not understand the consequences of what you're doing. And that's part of the reason why I often, and if you look at my history, I go work for the government where one fact, and that's to go to improve Bridgeport, because I'm living the consequences. And the minute I see that we are going away from the facts while we're there, I don't compromise.
0: We'll be right back. We're chatting with John Gomes, who's running for mayor of Bridgeport. 203-333-9422 is our number. 203-333-9422. If you'd like to call and ask a question or a comment about Bridgeport, we'll be right back. G-O-M-E-S, and that's the way it's pronounced, John Gomes, who's in studio with us. He is a candidate for Bridgeport mayor. The primary is September 12, 2023 in Connecticut if you're a Democrat. You're eligible to vote in a Democratic primary. We don't have a state in which you can vote if you're an unaffiliated voter. You must be a member of the Democratic Party. You must be a resident of the city of Bridgeport. And obviously, you must be a citizen to be able to vote in the primary, which is September 12th. 203-333-9422. John, welcome back. Hello. Hello, yes. hello. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, and I'm asking all candidates about this, is this uh, multi-story, 10-story building that's going up where the Testo's restaurant used to be because the neighbors are up in arms about this. They're basically apoplectic. They feel like the rug was pulled out from under them with respect to assumptions and promises that were made about zoning there that turn out not to have been true. Do you have a position on this? If you were mayor, would you do anything about
3: this? Without a doubt. I mean, unfortunately, uh, that has been passed, which I think um, the, the grace period has expired. However, uh, we need to be vigilant on anything that happens uh, as far as zoning uh, compliance in our city. Currently, we have uh, approximately 363 pages of new zoning regulation that, under my, my administration, we have to review so we don't live this experience again. What's happening on the Upper Madison Avenue is completely unacceptable to put a hundred and forty uh, something units in the mix of a bunch of single family units and as you know as it is, there are a number of issues in regards to noise and other- co- complaints in that area so this is something that um we need to have a government that's very transparent when we also need to put city council members in that area that's very accountable for what's going on because this is not an issue that happened overnight this has been uh, applied for since 2007, and now you have certain elected officials stepping up and saying, "Oh my God, what has happened?" Well, you were part of it. Why has this happened? Also, we have the neighborhood revitalization zones that need to be active in their individual area to know what's going on. And from my administration, hopefully, with God-given uh, permission, all of these these resources will be truly available. I will be hands-on uh, as far as talking about any economic development or projects. That's uh, going to be have a big impact as far as the individual community. I will be hands on with the elected official from the city council and a strong partnership with the NRZ, so we can make sure that the debacle such as these, this does not happen, because we cannot, we cannot continue to have um, regulations or ordinances that benefit select a few. Bridgeport mm-hmm. has to reflect for all the people, and that's why I want to be your next mayor. A mayor that reflects. That's about. All the people in Bridgeport, an inclusive Bridgeport, because the only way we're going to grow together is to grow um, as a unit. Because what you're going to keep having is certain people come in here and take away and take away, and then they turn their back and they walk away. And we're left with the consequences.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's whenever people think about Bridgeport, they always think about it as sort of like lost opportunity because it has all the natural resources, it has the geography, it has the harbor. Now it has some beautiful, like the amphitheater and things that are definitely revitalizing strangers coming into Bridgeport. It has a bunch of different neighborhoods. I think one of its strengths is its diversity of ethnicity because I'm a person who loves cities that have different neighborhoods where you can get Turkish food and Greek food and Spanish food and this and that. Um, but it seems always like people sigh about Bridgeport. They just sigh a lot.
3: And that's what we have to do. And we have an opportunity on September 12th to change the direction of Bridgeport. We need to bring a new sense of relief, a, a, a unification across all boundaries. As you said, uh, you know, Bridgeport is filled with diversity and culture. I believe we speak in over 30-something languages in the school. I speak five of them, by the way. <laughs> Which five? <laughs> but, um Creole, Cape Verde and Creole, where I'm from, Portuguese, uh, Spanish, uh, French, I took in high school and also uh, in university, uh, in college, and, and a little bit of uh, English. A little bit of English. But you're right. By the uh, way, is
0: the Creole from Cape Verde the same as Haitian Creole?
3: No, it's a dialect, which is different. It's a combination, somewhat Portuguese, Spanish, Philippine. So it's, Jewish, a, it's its own it, Creole. It's it, its own Creole, and it, it's, a, cool. it's, it's a language that was uh, developed back then by the natives to really escape and hide. Um, by the way, minha tudo Cavedeano que estou vim credenioso um bom dia e obrigado por me ouvir conosco At the same time, a toda mi gente que hable español, le gustaría dar bienvenido y que me da esta oportunidad para ser el próximo alcalde de la ciudad. I'm to say in Bueno. Portuguese, no.
0: <laughs> Maravilloso. Gracias. Gracias. Obrigado. Thank you. All of that I love it. I love it. All right. We have somebody who wants to chat with you, someone named Terry from Bridgeport. Terry, you're on the air with John Gomes. Go ahead, please. Hi, Terry. Hi. Mr. Gomes, number one, you have not said anything about lowering taxes. I've lived in Bridgeport, unfortunately, for 24 years. Unfortunately, Unfortunately. Terry. Terry, unfortunately. 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 Okay. Okay. Hi, Terry. I live in Success Village. And pay almost $2,000 in property taxes that are incorporated into my common charges every month. You have said nothing about doing away with the car tax, seeing that the property taxes in Bridgeport are almost among the highest in the state. Uh, what is your position on those? Thank you, Terry. Thank you for the call.
3: Thank you, ahead, John. thank you, Terry. Like you, um, I understand the struggle that we have when we have to pay high taxes at Bridgeport. Uh, tax is one of the, the foremost um, concern uh, along with education and public safety when we talk about Bridgeport. Uh, my position is that we have to uh, bring forth a government that works for the people, um, a transparent government. And the reason why I talk about a transparent government is we need an efficient government that will attract, will attract new investors into Bridgeport. We need to develop a relationship with the uh, the State of Connecticut Economic Development Office, along with the Connecticut uh, the Advanced Connecticut Nonprofit Group, to attract and uh, uh, retain new businesses. We need to look at different sectors. Uh, We need to put forth a job action plan that we look at, for example, the renewable energy, the data, for example, data warehousing center, cybersecurity, hospitality, banking, digital media, uh, artificial intelligence, media media manufacturing um, or medical manufacturing. The reason why I say that is because we need to boost our economic development through job creation, thus then we could move forward as far as bringing the structure to alleviate taxes. The reason why our taxes are so high is because we don't have uh, a business economic base. Unlike Shelton and Milford and Stanford, they have built around uh, around, uh business sector, uh, industries coming in that will alleviate the tax because 90-something percent of our taxes are on the residents, and that's unfair. So what I'm telling you is that I will be focusing on bringing jobs uh, through economic development, new structure, thus reducing the taxes. And we have to also reduce our government at the same time in order to attack the tax issue that we have in the city of Bridgeport.
0: You know, the thing about Bridgeport that strikes me, because the question about commercial development and hubs – That is undergoing a tremendous change right now in many of our cities in Connecticut and elsewhere. You have 45% vacancy rates. The commercial development space is in crisis right now. We're chatting with John Gomes. But what strikes me about Bridgeport is the opportunity to redevelop some of these abandoned spaces— that are just wastelands of asphalt. They're just wastelands of asphalt. I always want to take a truck and I want to create green space and parks and then maybe some townhouse communities around them with some restaurants and walking spaces because the vitality of a city is in neighborhoods. Correct.
3: I that, mean,
0: that's, in my opinion, that's what no, it
3: is. No, w- without a doubt. I mean, currently the city of Bridgeport has a aging housing stock and we have to uh, look at incentives to bring um investors in to build from affordable housings to uh single homes perhaps with deed restriction that we will put certain incentives into them because i did a video not long ago that I identified over 183 properties uh that city owned uh, and we, we have okay
0: we have one more caller sarah you have about a minute go ahead sarah do you live in bridgeport I, I, yes i do i live in the north end and okay. my daughter just bought a house in davie florida it's a lot bigger than mine. She has five bedrooms. She pays less taxes and Davy, by the way. She has school choice and the, no property taxes. And in Bridgeport, I want to buy a new car and I can. I'm sorry. I apologize for my voice. I have had a very bad cold, but I'm feeling better. So that's my concern. And my property taxes are horrible. They're like, they're ridiculous. So that needs to be addressed. And no one is addressing that. They keep blowing everybody off. Thank you, Sarah. Go ahead. John, you got about a minute.
3: No, we have to address that. The the way to address that is we we begin by fixing government to give confidence on the investors to come back to Bridgeport. You begin then to look at the job sector bringing new industries in and create a commercial base that's going to help us lower the taxes. We have to alleviate the taxes of the residents. I'm absolutely in agreement with you. Right now we have a government that's just focusing on one-shot one, one shot deals to balance a budget that's unbalanced. We need to make a government smaller that's more efficient and transparent that's going to work for all of us. Taxes are, are, are of priority when I, in, this, in my elections because I am living there. I am paying those taxes like you, and there's nothing to complement that.
0: John, if people want to reach you, find out more about your campaign, please. What is your website? What is your number?
3: JohnGomesForMayor.com. Uh, we have an office that's located on... Um, 2196 East Main Street, and I can always be reached at 203-523-9235.
0: And Gomes is spelled G-O-M-E-S. Yes, ma'am. And you can see it on buses everywhere.
3: <laughs> yes, we're trying to bring that image so people understand who we are and what, are, what we're about. And Pleasure to meet you. About. We Thanks invite you back
0: much. on the show anytime you like. John Gomes on the Lisa Wexler Show. We'll be right back.
2: Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877 351
4: See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of Botulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
2: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
4: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict.